With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show. It's on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today's episode is episode 181. It's titled, Does Illegal Immigration Help or Hurt the Economy? The topic was suggested by JR. He wrote me a month or so ago and and was just curious because he recognizes and he says, I've heard constant complaints, but wanted to know what are the hard number facts when it comes to illegal immigration? How does it impact the U.S.? financially? Do illegal immigrants contribute or take away from the economy? And those were his questions. And I, it, it is a little controversial, but it's, it's an important topic. When I, LaPerle and I were in Mexico early this year, January 2017, just a few months after the U.S. presidential election, we were staying in a town in Chiapas about 6,000, 7,000 feet above sea level, a mountain town called San Cristobal de las Casas. It's a town where a lot of locals come from the surrounding villages and bring their wares to sell around the, the center plaza, mostly textiles. But in that center park, on a bench, there was a man in his early 20s. He was doing something different. I hadn't seen this at all in Mexico. He was making basically crickets and other animals out of palm leaves. So I went over and talked to him. Turned out he was from El Salvador. He had arrived in Mexico, had a passport, arrived in Mexico legally, but stuck. He wanted to get to the U.S., was planning on entering illegally. I asked if he had a plan, and he really didn't. I said, well, why? Why do you want to go? He was going for work, for money, for jobs. Back in episode 142, we the title was, Why are some nations wealthier than others? Why is it this flow of illegal immigrants want to come to the U.S.? The wages are higher here. And why are the wages higher here? Because the U.S. is, is more productive. We produce more output per hour work by workers. And and in that episode I talked about partly was lower education levels in 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 Mexico and other Central American economies, inefficiency, and also there was a different mix uh, of goods and services produced, higher value goods and services produced in the US. Now, you go back to episode 142 and, and re, you know, look at that, listen to that. But they're coming because they can get jobs that pay more in their country. I, while, while there, a, another gentleman walked up to me. 
he spoke perfect English. He was from Texas. Well, he wasn't from Texas. He got deported from Texas. He'd been there for, I believe, over a decade, and he and his family were deported back to, he was from somewhere in Central America. Now he was trying to get back to the U.S. to work. He was, I think he was doing landscaping and and I think he was a landscaping manager. He managed other workers. But there are these workers that want to come to the U.S. and there's millions of them. The Pew Research Center estimates there are 11.3 million unauthorized immigrants in the U.S. in 2016. That's actually down from 12.2 million illegal immigrants in 2007, and it's effectively stabilized since 2009, around 11, 11.3 million. Now, the U.S. Census Bureau reports that there are 21.7 million foreign-born individuals living here in the U.S. who are not U.S. citizens. So a total of 21.7 million foreign-born non-U.S. citizens, of which half are illegal immigrants. And half the illegal immigrants are Mexicans. They used to be the clear majority, but not anymore. More come from Central America. Now, of the 11.3 million illegal immigrants, 8 million work. 8 million, that's about 5% of the U.S. workforce is made up of illegal immigrants. It's about the same as 2009. The vast majority, 59% of illegal immigrants live in California, Texas, Florida, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois. Now, here's something I didn't realize. 66% of unauthorized immigrants have lived in the U.S. for more than a decade. Only 14% have lived in the U.S. less than five years. In 2014, it was estimated that unauthorized immigrant adults had lived in the U.S. for a median of 13.6 years. That means half had lived here longer than 13.6 years and half for less. And only 7% of Mexican unauthorized immigrants had been in the U.S. for less than five years in 2014. So that kind of gives you an idea. And with less Mexicans coming and more Central Americans, less Mexicans are being caught. There were, in 2015, the Economist reports that only 188, there were only 188,000 apprehensions of Mexicans at the border. That's down from 1.6 million in 2000. Why are there less Mexicans entering the U.S. illegally? Well, The Economist points out that there's less work here and the economy is getting better in Mexico. So there's more jobs there. The borders is more secure. The number of border agents has is five times higher in 2010 than it was in 1992. And the demography of Mexico is changing. The birth rate's been falling since the early 1970s. In 1986, 
that was really the first major immigration reform act or a, the act that was passed was the Immigration Reform and Control Act. And really, it had three parts. It, it made hiring unauthorized workers illegal for the first time. Prior to that, you could, but it, it became ill. Couldn't do it anymore. You're going to strengthen border enforcement and allow legalization for most of the three to five million unauthorized immigrants in the country. So in, in 1986, there was about five million unauthorized immigrants, most from Mexico. And I saw that at the time in 86, I spent some time living in a town along the Mexico, the California, Arizona border. One of the towns I was in was San Luis Rio, Colorado. It was across from Yuma. And I remember riding my bike. You, you literally could walk right across the border. I mean, you go a little bit out of town. Actually, weren't even out of town. You just out, not right in the center of town, just out a little bit, just walked across. I had Mexicans come up to me in the, in the dusk, knock on our door and ask if they could get their, their jugs of water refilled. And we'd, we'd give them some water. But it was even highly controversial in Mexico. I remember talking to a newspaper reporter there that thought that Mexicans should stay home, stay home with their families, stay home and build their own economy instead of going to the U.S. I went back to San Luis Rio, Colorado in 2004, and you couldn't walk across the border anymore. Now there was a very, very tall fence along, I don't know how many miles it went, but it you just, you couldn't get across. At least <laughs> you couldn't walk across like you used to be able to do. The U.S. has two main agencies, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency. That's, that's an agency of the Department of Homeland Security, and that they protect the border. And there's the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. They're also part of the Department of Homeland Security. They're responsible for apprehending non-citizens in the interior of the country. And they're responsible for the detention and ongoing legal proceedings to deport illegal immigrants. Combined, these two agencies have a budget of $19.3 million. So that's what's being spent since that re Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986, U.S. government has spent $263 billion on immigration enforcement. Currently, between those two agencies, there's 49,000 individuals focused on border and interior enforcement. So what is the economic impact of 8 million illegal immigrants working, 5% of the U.S. workforce. Well, the, the obvious one is it increases economic growth. What is, what is GDP, the measure of the economy? It's the measure, the dollar value of output. How much is produced? 
have more workers, you produce more. The October employment report that came out in early November 2017, the unemployment rate in the U.S. was 4.065%, the lowest level since the year 2000. A broader measure of unemployment, U6, that's the total unemployed plus those marginally marginally attached workers and workers that are working part-time for economic reasons. They would rather work full-time. You take that and divide it by the total labor force plus those that are marginally attached, those that are sometimes seeking, sometimes not seeking employment. That unemployment rate is 7.9%. It's lowest since 2006. It's approaching the lows of 2000. And the unemployment rate for those with a high school education, it's 5.7%. It's a record low. It's never been that low. So when we look at the, the level of unemployment, if we deported 8 million illegal immigrants, that would be devastating to the economy because they're producing and much of their production is is farms. 70% of the crops produced in the Central Valley of California are produced by illegal immigrants, according to uh, University of California Davis. Really large percent. And they're, they're producing. So we take those workers away, less productions. Now the question is, well, maybe they're taking jobs from other people. Often they're not. These are jobs that others don't want. Arizona essentially discouraged the, they passed laws, some of the toughest illegal immigration laws in the U.S. And and the result was 200,000 illegal immigrants left Arizona. Many of them worked on farms. When I lived in Mexico, I knew Mexicans that would cross over the border to work on the farms in California and Arizona. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal titled Thorny Economies, Economics of Illegal Immigration. I'll link to it in the show notes. As a member of my insider's guide, you can get that free if you sign up for that. And they they interviewed Rob Knorr. He hired Mexican field workers to pick his jalapeno peppers. And after Arizona cracked down on illegal immigrants, he cut the amount that he planted to 120 acres. He used to plant 550 acres of peppers, jalapeno peppers in the past. Couldn't get enough workers. They, they were unable to harvest them by Thanksgiving and, and the, vine, the jalapeno peppers would Basically, they call it turning chocolate. They turned brown because they needed to be green. So he's focused on mechanization. How can I automate this process? Because he can't get the workers. He was paying $13 an hour for field hands. Now he pays $20 an hour for operators of harvesters and other machines. So, but he's had a significantly cut because some of the technology, some of the, these crops uh, are very sensitive and can only be picked 
by hand. He says, I can find skilled labor in the U.S. I don't have to go to bed and worry about whether harvesting crews will show up. Let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I know in our business, having the right candidates for the job is critical to keep our business running smoothly. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com David. That's linkedin.com David to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's just nice to sit back, relax, maybe even take a nap. That's not what you want your money to be doing. You want it to be working hard for you, earning interest, generating returns. That's where the Betterment Automated Investing and Savings app can help. Betterment's technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize returns. They have diversified portfolios of low-cost ETFs that have been constructed by experts. High-yield cash accounts, where your money can earn 11 times the national average and automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. These tools can help you reach your savings and investing goals. Betterment is a fiduciary. That means it's their job to act in your best interest. They will never recommend an investment or give you guidance unless they believe it will help you reach your financial goals. So visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about the high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, Cash reserves offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. So one of the impacts of having 8 million illegal workers in the U.S. is the size of the economy. The U.S. economy is larger because they're producing goods and services. And with unemployment rates so low that, that if they weren't there, then these goods wouldn't be or many of those goods wouldn't be produced and the illegal immigrants are are consuming. They're consuming many of those goods and services. But another impact is potentially on wages, particularly the wages of unskilled laborers. You have 8 million people working in on farms and landscaping and other services that can push down wages. That's just supply and demand. Now, I mentioned the unemployment rate for those, and it should be without a high school education, is 5.7%. That's a record low. Those with a high school diploma and no college, the unemployment rate is 4.3%. But that is who many of the illegal immigrants are competing with. One study, though, found that it's a study by Gianmarco, Perry, and Wright called Immigration, Offshoring, and American Jobs. Their research said, suggested that immigrant workers do not compete much with natives since they specialize in manual tasks. 
So the increase in immigration is more likely to lead to left, less offshoring of jobs and that they're not necessarily competing with natives. But a different study by Borjas and Katz found that indeed from 1980 through 2000, U.S. workers saw their wages fall in the short run by 3.4%, but had less of an impact longer term. Now, the economists debate back and forth. Some say, well, Borjas and Katz assumed inaccurately that U.S. and foreign workers are perfect substitutes. If they are, then it would have an impact. If they're not, if they're taking jobs that wouldn't be there otherwise, and we've seen this on, on that farm, the jalapeno pepper farm, there were not sufficient workers. And so he, he cut back production. There were, they were not perfect substitutes. But there is potential impact on wages, but it's, it's controversial. What's not controversial is you do have 8 million illegal immigrants working. It pushes down the prices of, of those services in which they work. Studied by Patricia Cortez, the effect of low-skilled immigration on U.S. She found that around from the measure, she measured from 1980 to 2000, around cities, the price of immigration-intensive services such as gardening, housekeeping, babysitting, dry cleaning fell 9 to 11%. So having these workers illegally working pushed down prices for consumers. Now, she did see that inflow have an impact on the purchasing power of high school dropouts and Hispanic low-skilled natives. So they, they, they did push down their purchasing power, their wages. And so, but everybody else benefited from cheaper services. Now, a final impact of illegal immigration is more crime. Why? Because there's more workers and more people, more crime. But interestingly, the rate of crime goes down. Study by Stoll, Mesner, and Raflovich on immigration and the recent violent crime drop, they found that using the multivariate analysis, that the rate of violent crime tended to decrease as metropolitan areas experienced gains in the concentration of immigrants. Another study by Governing Magazine, they focus on, they're nonpartisan, they're focusing on local and, and state government. They did a study and their models also showed that there's a statistically significant relationship. The more unauthorized immigrants in an area, the rate uh, of burglaries went down and violent crimes went down. And there was no correlation or impact in terms of murder. So the rate per capita went down with higher illegal immigration. But just having 8 million illegal immigrants does mean overall 
amount of crimes went up. So what would happen if we deported the 11 million illegal immigrants? Well, the opposite would happen. The economy would be hit. A study by the American Action Forum estimated that it would result in a loss of 4 million to 6.8 million workers, potentially 8 million overall. And that would impact the economy because less production, about 380 million to 623 billion dollars. And they estimated, estimate it would cost 400 billion to 600 billion dollars to remove all undocumented immigrants could take up to 20 years. I mentioned Arizona had cracked down on illegal immigration. The Wall Street Journal did a study. They hired Moody's to look at this, and they looked between 20, 2007 and 2012. Arizona's population of undocumented workers dropped by 40%, 200,000. And what was the impact? Moody's estimated that Arizona's gross domestic product, the dollar value of goods produced, dropped 2% a year between 2008 and 2015 due to having less illegal immigrants. That's an economic hit of about $5.4 billion. 2% of a $270 billion state economy is $5.4 billion. Now, what else did they see? Low-skilled worker shortages, but the median income of low-skilled whites who managed to get jobs rose about 6% between 2008 and 2015. And wages rose for farm workers. Arizona farm workers saw wages wages increase by 15% and 10% increase for construction between 2010 and 2014. That's to be expected. You have less workers, wages go up, but the overall economy was impacted because the amount of farm products produced that require manual labor actually dropped because they couldn't get enough workers. Now, because they cracked down, the, the services, government services provided to illegal immigrants dropped. English courses in Arizona public schools fell. Those taking intensive English classes fell from 150,000 in 2008 to 70,000 in 2012. Emergency room spending on non-citizens fell 37% to 106 million from 167 million. And the annual cost of state prisons for incarcerating non-citizens convicted of felonies fell from 11% or fell 11% from 202 million down to 180 million. So clearly when you have less illegal immigrants, you have less services provided to them, but the overall economy got hit. The economic impact was much greater than the savings on government services. If all the illegal immigrants were deported, it would have actually have a negative impact on Social Security. The Social Security Administration estimates there are 3.1 million unauthorized immigrants working and paying Social Security in 2010. And collectively, they contribute $13 billion 
in payroll taxes from the workers and their employers. Now, sometimes they're using false social security numbers. Sometimes social security numbers doesn't actually match the person or they have fraudulent birth certificates. But at the same time, Social Security Administration estimates they are only paying roughly $1 billion in benefits in 2010 to illegal immigrants. So $13 billion coming in, $1 billion going out. But if we got rid of or deported all the illegal immigrants, that would actually hurt the Social Security finances to, to some extent. So at the end of the day, illegal immigrants contribute more to the U.S. financially than they take away. The, the math would just suggest that. Eight million workers are producing more in value than they're actually receiving in income because the assumption is that businesses are not giving the illegal immigrants all of their profits. And so collectively, the eight million workers are producing more value than they're receiving in income. And, and it appears that the government services that they're receiving is just a small amount. Look at the savings in Arizona, $5 billion a year hit due to the outflow of illegal immigrants. And some of the services that we mentioned was just the savings uh, of millions of dollars, but not billions. But that doesn't necessarily mean I, I think illegal immigrants should be encouraged to come. I am in favor of legal immigration and making that easier. Four nationals living in the U.S. accounted for 25.6% of all patent applications and 26% of startups, including the majority of Silicon Valley startups. That's data from the Washington Post. The U.S. is a nation of immigrants. My ancestors, I talked about this in episode 179, came from Ireland. They came from Germany in the 19th century. And no doubt that causes change. It changes culture. And any country needs to decide whether they're willing to, to change and experience the dynamism, the bottom-up ingenuity and innovation that comes from bringing in others, individuals from diverse places. Japan is struggling with that. They've chosen not to allow, allow very, very few immigrants to date. And their population is shrinking and it's had a negative impact, certainly in terms of their stock market, because the economy isn't growing as robustly as it would otherwise if the actual worker population was increasing. And the U.S. needs to decide the same thing. People come because there's work and there's jobs. And if we deport them, then it would be devastating to the economy, potentially a very, very deep recession. I think of one of the, the papers I read and that talked about the, the economist or author was in Idaho. 
or lived in Idaho. And he said, what if Idaho decided to be its own country and shut its borders and wouldn't basically any other state was considered a, a foreign state? So you couldn't bring in workers. You couldn't bring in goods without a significant tariff. That would absolutely kill the Idaho economy. We have lots of potatoes to eat, but all the other, and I, I see this in Cuba when I was there, it was closed to much of the trade. And, and they, I'm sure they don't have illegal immigration problems in Cuba. People aren't trying to get in and their economy is suffering. It doesn't have the dynamism. We have problems with our economy. I talked about this in episode 177, how business contributes to income equality and how businesses need to invest in their workers, invest in capital projects. That's what allows for greater efficiency and productivity enhancement that allows the economy to grow over time. But shutting down and deporting illegal immigrants doesn't, isn't, that doesn't solve any problems. That actually would hurt the U.S. financially. That's episode 181. I shared lots of links to articles. I will put those in the show notes at moneyfortherestofus.com. Or if you remember my free insider's guide, I'll email those show notes to you weekly along with a weekly essay I do. You can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. So that's episode 181. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I'm not considered your specific situation. No investment advice here, just general education on money, investing in the economy. Have a great week.